Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I cannot believe that it is April. Like, what? I am so confused. If you're listening to this now, I have definitely pranked, like at least I'm, I'm kind of whispering because my boyfriend's in the bathroom and going to hear me, but like at least six people on April Fool's Day because I am an April Fool's huge super fan. Like I am just obsessed with getting people with like the oldest tricks in the book too. Like it's not even like I'm that creative. I just, it's just my thing. So I might have even fooled you guys on Instagram by now. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to answer a few of your questions, but today's episode is incredibly useful. It's an amazing woman named Deanna and she is a career coach and we do all these really incredible questions that help you to understand your career and what you need to get a job, to further your career, to find your passion. And at the end of the episode, so definitely stay tuned, we do this really fun exercise where I pretend that I'm interviewing her as like a boss, a potential boss and she gives answers that you can now reuse if you're interviewing for a position. But before that, I'm going to answer a few of your questions that you had submitted. The first was how to fight productively when and how to bring up something that is bothering you. We touched on this a little bit in the last episode because I talked about fighting with my significant other. But I will say, try to think like, will I care about this in a week? Is this something that is genuinely worth getting upset over? Or is this just not that big of a deal? And I feel like you can measure that by asking yourself, will I care in a week? And if you won't, then just move on. Also, you know, if it is something that you will care about, I think you really have to use like the therapy structure, which is like, when you do this, it makes me feel this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Someone asked what the unspoken or unwritten rules of NYC are. This is a funny one. I didn't feel like there were any. I know that like when you hear Showtime on the subway, you know that um, a bunch of really talented dancers are going to break out and dance. Um, (laughs) What are some other unwritten, unspoken rules of NYC? I think just like what areas are fun and what's not. Like everyone knows that if you live in the West Village, you're going to have an apartment that's the size of a shoebox. 
everybody knows that Murray Hill is like not the best destination to live in, but lots of people do it out of college because it's cheap and it's kind of like a easy transition because it's like from college into a big apartment building that a lot of people that you know live in. Um, Unspoken rules of NYC. I think just that like if you live on the Upper East Side, it's it's harder to date because you have to go downtown because that's where like the action is. Um, everyone knows you get more space if you live in Brooklyn. And I feel like that's... Oh, and like not to stop if someone's trying to get you to like sign something or talk to you in Union Square where I live. So like it happens all the time. And yeah, I mean, just like, I don't know if that was what this person meant or if it was like food rules or dating rules. I will say like another thing, like Lafayette is a really great looking restaurant. The food isn't good. Everybody knows that if they go to like the smile, they're going to maybe see a celebrity. Everyone knows that Soho house memberships are very overpriced. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll think of more. Opinions and thoughts on marrying in the pandemic versus waiting until it's over. Here's the thing. If you want to get married and you want to get it done, then get married and do it in a safe way, making sure that you're abiding by the rules and regulations in the pandemic. But if you are not in a rush and you're maybe like under 30, I can imagine that it would be fine to wait. I mean, some people have longer engagement periods than others, even pre-pandemic. So I don't know. I think I'm definitely not getting married in a pandemic, but I would never judge anybody that does. And I think if you had to reschedule your wedding like a bunch of different times and you can finally have a wedding with, I mean, I think the guideline is like 150 people and that's safe and approved, then do it, you know, and people will hopefully wear masks and be safe. Things I learned in my late 20s. I feel like this is when all of the real lessons were learned. People always ask, what did you learn like when you were right out of college? But the late 20s lessons are the best. And that's when you really have to grow up, I would say. Um, So I learned, first of all, that insurance is really fucking expensive. And it sucks to have to pay your own insurance. So if you're under 26 right now and listening to this, you better thank your lucky stars that you're still, if you are, on your family's insurance. Also, if you have a corporate job, you're probably fine. But if you are an entrepreneur, good luck with insurance because that was a slap in the face. Another thing I learned in my late 20s was to kind of stop being rebellious when it came to dating. Like I always, and I said this the other night um, on a live I was doing with Sweats in the City, but like I always was trying to date somebody that no one had ever heard of, that nobody knew that was like so different, um, different from my culture, you know, not Jewish as a Jewish person, because I just thought it was like, I don't even know why. I just thought that I didn't want to do what people wanted of me in a way. And I really didn't want to date anyone that I had any ties to, like that anyone I know had ever like hooked up with or anything like that, because maybe it was a pride thing, like an ego. And 
my partner who I'm with now, like is somebody that is, you know, like a third part, like we have like a friend in common. And so in turn, like we have people that we've both like hooked up with that we know and whatever. And it's like, who cares? That's not, first of all, something that anyone should care about. But second of all, knowing the same things from growing up and having those things in common, like <laughs> last night I was in the, we were, I was in the kitchen and he was like in the kitchen making something. And I randomly just go, I just settled on my lawsuits. Fuck you, Debbie, which is from the Eminem song. Um, and he like cracked up for like an hour because he gets the reference. I don't know. I just feel like I dated so many people in the past that just like didn't get my life. And it's just, it's, it's good to date someone who you guys can culturally understand each other. Should you kiss or not on the first date? I say yes, um, but don't like initiate it as a girl. If it happens and you're into them, like do it. Why not? But then like go upstairs or leave. Well, you shouldn't be at their apartment anyway, but I mean like leave the date. But I actually had this conversation with my boyfriend and he didn't kiss me on the first date and he said it was like strategy. So, and that's so annoying and so like playery. But I would say that if they don't kiss you on the first date, that doesn't mean they're not into you. So definitely don't. I mean, they could be playing like the long game as he says that he was. Should you confront a guy about being hot and cold texting? No, you should move on because if they're hot and cold with texting, they're not interested. Worst things that you can do in the early days of seeing someone. So again, all of my advice is from my own experience. I'm not like... I'm not here to tell you, you know, if you do this, you will ruin everything forever. This is just like, if this is more like I did this and it ruined things. Like I would not give head early on. Um, I think that, you know, if you're trying to like wait to have sex, but like you'll give head, like that's the same thing as sex in my opinion. And it's almost like more giving. So I wouldn't do that. As you guys know, I wouldn't like send a thank you text after the first date because you're hoping to hear from them, like let them reach out to you, thank them on the date, of course. I think, you know, another bad thing that you can do is is say like, and, and this is really talking to women because I only know, you know, women dating men, but I don't like to say I like you in the first couple of dates. Like, obviously I like you if I'm going out on dates with you and we're texting. So I don't really say that if they say that they like me, I'm like, cool. Like I, I like you too, but I would never initiate something like that. I don't over compliment. That isn't to say that like, I don't ever compliment guys, but I wouldn't just like, you know, they already have a big enough ego for the most part, at least the people that I dated. Right. And so I wouldn't really like overly compliment. Um, I definitely wouldn't initiate dates. I would let them do that. I wouldn't initiate texts unless I had something funny to say. And so I would say, yeah, the worst things you can do is over initiate, like be too intimate too soon. Be like a bad texter, like be easy to text, be someone that they have fun texting, like send photos, not like nudes, but like funny pics and like memes and, you know, ask questions back. The worst thing you can do is just be difficult or not be fun or like bring joy into this person's life and vice versa, by the way. Um, so I hope that was helpful and I'm really excited for this episode. Hope you enjoy. We did an episode recently with a urologist talking about all things like STIs and STDs. And so many people don't realize how common it is to have something like HPV. 
Like I even shared that at one point I had it. And I think it's so important to realize that all of this stuff comes from contact during sex. And if you're not using a condom, like men are the carrier of this thing. So I don't care if you think it's embarrassing to be the one who's like, I want to use a condom. You are protecting yourself and that's really cool. Also, if you didn't already know, there is an amazing condom that instead of takes away the pleasure, enhances it. If you haven't heard of Skin, it's S-K-Y-N. I'm sure you've seen it you know, in your local stores and whatnot. I saw it the other day at CVS and I was like, wow, can't believe I'm seeing it in the flesh here. It's so easy to access. And the entire mission is to feel everything. So let's walk away from the narrative of like, if I use a condom, I won't feel anything. That's actually not true. This condom is actually made from skin feel, which is a revolutionary non-latex material that makes condoms noticeably softer and provides like a more natural fit and feel. And again, it enhances stimulation. So there's no reason not to use a condom. It's just, I mean, this debate is over. You need to be using a condom. You can get skin like wherever you're already getting condoms. It's available on Amazon and you should really, really use it because I'm telling you it's not cute to not be safe. So check out skin ASAP. Choose to feel everything. Discover like this new level of intimacy by shopping skin condoms on amazon.com now. I was reading my reviews the other day, which is like not a healthy thing to do, let me tell you, because people can be vicious, but someone was giving me shit for Saqqara. Like they were like this Saqqara eating bitch. Um, But Saqqara is amazing. Like obviously this is somebody who's never tried Saqqara and it is not a diet. It is about eating healthy with plant-rich meals that make you feel good. Superfoods, the whole nine yards. Sakara has the in- most incredible menus every week, breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and you can switch out things that you don't like for other things that you really like. Personally, I'm obsessed with the granola with like the little vegan blue milk. You know what I'm talking about if you're a Sakara eater. Eater? I don't know. But you should really try it if you haven't yet or you're not yet. Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. I personally love the detox tea. It's great for in-between meals when you're craving snacks that are probably not good for you. And you can experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. It's made with organic raw cacao and it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. You can just swirl it into like a pudding and it's phenomenal. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash acme and enter code Acme 20 at checkout. That's sakara.com slash Acme to get your first order with 20% off. sakara.com slash Acme. Check it out. Hi. 
I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Deanna Figurito of DFIG Connects, coaching and consultant. Deanna is an executive coach. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being here. I can't wait to pick your brain. But before we get into all of that, Deanna, how old are you and where are you from? Okay, so I am 36 and I'm originally from New York, from Long Island, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I spent the past 13 years living in the city, New York City. And right now I currently live in Lima, Peru. It's amazing. <laughs> what, how did you end up in Peru? Oh my God. So I like loved being single in New York. I was like the quintessential single girl. And I traveled all the time for work and for my own personal like fun. And I opened up a yoga retreat company a few years ago that since kind of like went away with COVID and everything. And whenever I would go to different countries before I got there, I would set my Tinder to that country and like swipe around to see what boys were happening and what was going on with them there. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, when I came to Peru for a yoga retreat, I started talking to my now husband, but I started talking to this guy. I was talking to multiple guys, but I started talking to him and um, for like a month leading up to coming to Peru. Mm-hmm. And then when I got here, I saw him a little bit casual, fun, had a great time, spent the whole trip with him, and then went back to the United States and was like, bye, see you never. And that was it. <laughs> and then... After that, he like, kept pursuing me and we started dating long distance. And he, we were going back and forth between Peru and the US, meeting up in like Holbosch, Mexico, meeting up in like, you know, Mendoza, like all these cool spots. And he was going to move to the US with me a few years ago, like April 2019. And I flew to Peru to kind of say goodbye to his family. And he left his job and everything like that. And he, was coming back to the U.S. with me. And when we flew back together, he got stopped at the border, detained and like separated from me for like 10 hours and then sent back to Peru and banned from the U.S. for five years. What? Why? Um, they accused him of coming to the U.S. to marry me, which would be on a tourist visa, which would be illegal, which wasn't true. But they can do that. And so it's kind of arbitrary at the border. Like it's like what they think that you're doing, the Custom Border Patrol. So um, they can really do whatever they want. It was, it was scary. It was sad. It made me sadder for like families that are separated from their, like their kids and with no savvy and stuff. Yeah. So regardless, I flew back to Peru, married him and um, came back to the U S and we were in a long distance marriage for a year. And then right as COVID was about to, well, as COVID started to get bad, I was like not happy at my job and I quit and moved to and moved here right as the borders closed. Like I flew into Peru in March and the borders closed of Peru and I was like kind of stuck here for the pandemic. Um, So I moved straight into living with him and we had never lived together before and we were married and I was in a pandemic. 
That um, is an incredible love story with like some <laughs> blips that you had to go through, but obviously you made it through. And I feel like it's cool that you're, you ended up living in Peru. Like obviously not the, I like the first choice, but definitely not a bad choice. Yeah. Like I always say like the first love of my life is New York. Like mm-hmm. I was so married to the city. I loved it there. And I want to go back with him, but this little journey is cool. It's like, yeah. there's been a lot that's gone on here that mm-hmm. like during the pandemic, like it let me slow down. It let me kind of like regroup, start my business and just have a new adventure. I love it. And I have to ask because we're into astrology on the podcast. When is your birthday? So him and I are both Aries. I'm the 14th of April. And I knew you were an Aries. (laughs) What is it? I just got such an Aries vibe from you. Like every Aries guest we've had on, I feel like has the same vibe. It's just like, so all all my best friends are Aries and like my sister's an Aries. So I like, I know so much about Aries and like Aries just have their own, their own energy and their own vibe that they bring it's like so unique to them. Like it's not dependent on how another person's vibe is. It's their own. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. And I love that about, about Aries. Like they don't wait to react to other people's energy. They, they create their own energy, which is really cool. So love that you're in Aries. Now I just, there, I mean, there are so many questions coming in. Basically you are now, you're an executive coach. You have this awesome coaching and consulting business. What was your kind of career path that led you to be a a coach? Sure. So I was like corporate ladder climber. So I started at a media agency. Um, Then I moved over to a TV station in sales. That's where I learned sales. And then I switched from there to tech. And so my most recent role was at Pinterest, which was like, you know, that was where I was surrounded by people that, you know, worked at Google, you know, everyone that graduated Ivy League schools. And I felt like I kind of like made it when I was there. And I liked the path. I liked corporate America. I liked traveling for work and stuff like that. But all along, the favorite things that I like to do was coach, mentor, and kind of like advise people. And I mm-hmm. always did that. I went to Penn State. So I would always do that with Penn State students. And so when I was trying to get Pinterest to move me to a different country with them, mm-hmm. and when they wouldn't, I just, I just left. So what I liked about that is just like creating your own path and knowing that you can leave something that doesn't, that no longer serves you. And when I was there, I was like developing panic attacks and having anxiety attacks and all this stuff was going on with me, which just meant that I wasn't like living a congruent life with like, what was my values, you know? So once that was happening, I was like, I got to get out of here. I have to, I have to leave this. So I decided to open my own business. I had a yoga retreat business, um, in between like during when I was at Pinterest and with the big connects. And so that helped me to like start my own business on my own. And because I already knew how to run a business with a partner. And then I started this and it's been it's been really fun. It's been cool. And it's like awesome. Cause I get to do exactly what I want to do. I love it. That's awesome. And so all these questions are coming in, obviously, you know, I feel like now in the pandemic more than ever, people need career guidance and, you know, a coach in that way. 
So I'm just going to go right in and ask you a few questions. Some of these are more general and some are more specific. One person asked, how do I figure out my long-term goals? I feel like this is very general, but maybe there's kind of a secret sauce to this. Yeah. I think like, I like personally visioning and meditation specifically, but I always like to write it down. So um, I write down all of my goals, short and long-term, because you're 42% more likely to achieve them when you write them down. Um, Mm. So that's one thing. Meditation is my like second favorite thing for that. I am a meditation teacher and I find clarity when I meditate in order to do that. And last, I think like being able to get yourself in a creative space, that's when you can actually figure out what you really want versus like having all of the shoulds. So maybe go for a run, work out, do yoga, things like that, that make you feel creative or be with the friends that make you feel creative or feel good um, to kind of get an idea of like what actually matters to you. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I always like, I obviously I'm not a career coach, but the way that it worked out for me was I was like, what am I interested in? Or like, what am I doing when I am not working? Cause at the time I hated my job. So I was like, what do I like? in the world that obviously is not my job. And for me, I was like, I love talking to people about their dating situation. And then I was like, wait, but that's not like a thing that you could do. And here we are. So I feel like everyone has something that's like a weird interest to them, whether it's like dating or I don't know, photography, but it's like, you have to tap into kind of like what you're interested in when it doesn't matter. Like when you're not getting paid for it or told to do it. Like even if it's just reading, like even if reading is your thing, you can start like a Goodreads like type of website, you know? And so I feel like there's so much there. Yeah, exactly. And the whole thing is it's about what you put in that was doing what you like to do when your guard's down because that's when you're mm. going to do it the best because yes. you already you're vulnerable and you're open to it. And that's when like creative energy can seep in. Yeah, I totally agree. What are the biggest mistakes that people looking for entry-level jobs make? The biggest mistake that they do is they apply through a job portal. So applying through like Indeed or at the company's website is the worst thing you can do. You go to the bottom of the pile immediately. The best thing that you can do, and a lot of people don't know this, is apply through a, an employee referral. And the way you get that is by simply networking on LinkedIn. The reason that that's possible is because people don't realize that employees get a stipend at most corporations when you get someone hired. So, so if, you're, if, yeah, if you're 23, 24, and you're getting a $1,500 stipend to get someone hired, they might they want to get you hired. So you go ahead, you ask that person for coffee, you ask to pick their brain through LinkedIn about their company, and then you ask for them to send your resume through. That's always the best way to get a role when they're entry level, for sure. That's so smart. Yeah, I, I think the LinkedIn thing, I mean, it's like, it's more or less a free tool that we all have access to that not many of us use. I mean, like every time I get a text or an email that's like, hey, you're connected to this person on LinkedIn 
like, do you know them or was I'm never like, oh my God, no, I'm not going to help this person. Like, it's the easiest thing to open my app and be like, oh, how do I know like John Bon Jovi? <laughs> not, yeah. not John Bon Jovi, but you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, I went to college with him. Let me see if I still have his number. Let me tell him this person's great. That's a fine to his company. Like it takes two seconds. And unless the person's like an asshole, like they'll do it. And it's not intrusive. That's the thing. Like they um, expect to be reached out to for jobs on there. So that's what they expect from you. The other thing that Gen Z can do too is DM, DM on Instagram, DM on Twitter, Mm -hmm. whatever. Just DM the person that you want to talk to. But regardless, if you use LinkedIn or whatever it is, just say, I admire you. I'm interested in whatever you do. Can we have a chat about it? And then you catch your resume. It's so funny because I feel like people are only on these two dating apps and you know which two I'm talking about and they're just complaining like everyone on this app sucks or this app has just made this new feature and now you have to pay to see like the attractive people. Why are you not on OkCupid? Like I say this all the time in the dating consultations that I do, but OkCupid has completely reformatted. Like it used to be this website, but now it's an app and it's for all people of all ages, but especially people of your age, because they have made it really cool and modern and put so much work into it to find you people that actually care about what you care about. So people that you know, they're matching these people on what matters most to them. So it's not like a couple prompts or like you make a bio. You can put everything in your OkCupid profile. You can even put your astrological sign, which you know I think is important. And you answer like all these questions and then it matches you based on your like percentage that you would be a good match with someone else. So it really, really works. The technology they have is amazing. I highly suggest that you download OkCupid like ASAP and stop going back and forth between the two apps that you have when you can have an amazing app like OkCupid. Download it. It's free. And tell me what you think. I just redid my website. And let me tell you, that shit is not easy. But luckily, I had an amazing woman named Kelly to help me. But something that I realized in the whole process was that there needs to be more all-in-one platforms that help you kind of make content because websites like Squarespace are really difficult. And that's why Issue is so crucial for this kind of thing. If you haven't heard of Issue, it is that platform and helps you create and distribute beautiful content from marketing materials to magazines, brochures, and more. You're going to be an absolute star at work if you use Issue. All of these PDFs that we're already using are so outdated, but Issue makes content better. And it works with tools that you already use, like Dropbox and InDesign and Canva. And you can make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting anything. You can actually start using Issue for free, or you can use the premium features with 50% off. So get started today when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. You're either going to get started with your free account or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you just go to issuu.com slash podcast and use the promo code ACME at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. Issue.com slash podcast with the promo code ACME. 
how do you know when you need a career coach? I would say when you feel really stuck, when you feel stuck and like you can't get out, um, a coach is not going to give you the answers. A coach helps you find the answers within yourself. So it's just like a matter of shaking things up. It's the same way as like, how do you know that you need to talk to a friend about an issue? How do you know you need a therapist? How do you know that you want help when you feel stuck? On the same point here, how do you know you're on the right path with your career? I don't think that you, you necessarily do know that you're on the right path, quote unquote, because you're going to go so many different directions. And when you get mm-hmm. rejected, God, I heard you talk about plenty of your, a few of your first jobs. Like you were like, I sucked at this. I was bad at this. I did the same. Oh, like you're never, I mean, the single-handed biggest like thing that I hear from clients that isn't true is, well, she has it all together. He has it all together. Well, you have it all together. It's like, no one has it all together. That's the biggest lie I hear is that everyone thinks that someone has it all together. You know, Mm. I think it's more about accepting that you're in a journey and you're going to figure it out. Like you're going to go a bunch of different directions to figure out what you need. You might necessarily be like on the, the right path, but as long as you're learning and growing, keep going. Yeah. I, so I love the idea of the LinkedIn and I think that's super helpful, but is there ever like a line you cross when you're networking to be like where you cross over to being like too pushy or too schemy. Like for example, I am more than willing to help somebody, but if it's like, if it's somebody I barely know and their first text ever to me is like, Hey, we were in nursery school together. Like I saw you're connected with, you know, Jane Doe. And if you could, you know, give her like, write, write a recommendation for me. Like, it's like, that's like, that's too much. Or like when someone is, when you do a favor for someone, let's say like, for example, there was a girl who I like connected someone, you know, I connected people on LinkedIn to her and then she kept coming back and asking me to connect more people, but like we weren't friendly, had never really met. So like, how do you know you're crossing a line? Well, I think the first thing is that one, you make sure you do the heavy lift. So you already have the, the role picked out that you want. You know exactly what you're asking that person for. And it's it's not very hard on them. So make it as easy as possible for mm-hmm. them because um, you're asking for a favor. And then the second is social cues. I mean, we know social networking now and Gen Z and pretty much, you know, millennials and whatnot, we have grown up in in the generation of speaking online. So you kind of know what you're getting from someone. Follow up once, but don't keep pushing it if you're not getting a good response. But it's kind of the same way that you would be in person. Like if you feel embarrassed to continue to reach out to that person, um, maybe take a beat or maybe ask a coach, maybe ask a coach or a friend. One of the most like common things I hear from, from clients is, I was scared to, I don't want to be annoying. So just think about if it would annoy you and then don't do it if it would. Yeah, that's great advice. A lot of people have asked about tips for cover letters. I find this interesting. I very lucky and work for myself now, but before that, like I was always writing cover letters, you know, trying to get jobs. And I had like an ex-boyfriend at the time who was also, you know, in the same position. Like this is like years ago. And his cover letter, like, I'm not kidding, was like three pages long. And I was like, that is so not like a vibe. Like you need to change your, like, no one's going to read that. And he was like, you're wrong. Like yours is too short. Like, 
you need to put the details in. And it was like this debate that we would have over and over. And it wasn't just the cover letters. It was like every email he ever wrote when it was work related would be like so long, like an essay. And I, I was such like a short and sweet person. Do you have tips as it relates to like how long or short it should be or what should be in it? Yeah, I think that you should keep it short. Like you said, no one wants to read it that long. No one's going to read it that long. You wouldn't yeah. read it, right? Right. Um, and so just like you wouldn't read that, a recruiter wouldn't read it either. And they might resent you for wasting their time. But the second piece about the tip is make it all about the company. Make it all about, you always like make your outreach about your audience. So make it like something specific about them, you know, mention their values, their mission, their vision, and like potential alignment with you. But shorter is better. I don't even really like cover letters, to be honest. I don't like, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't always either, recommend but, you do. <laughs> but you have to sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for the most part. How, how do you completely switch careers in your 30s? I feel like what so many people say is like, well, you go to business school and then you do it. But like not everyone can afford to go to business school. And I just feel like there's got to be another answer to that. What do you think? Sure. So, so I just did it. So I was at Pinterest, but I was a salesperson and I switched completely to being in coaching. How did I do it? So I thought a lot about it. I decided to take the jump and leave, um, number one. And then I started really networking where I wanted to be. So I started like hopping into the coaching community or you can kind of get in the community of if you want to switch to psychology or whatever. I did go back to school for it, not like um, master's or anything, but I went to some coaching classes for it with Coactive Training Institute, whatever. So determine if you want to do that if you have a little bit of a nest egg, I think in your thirties, you maybe you might have a little bit, if you need to then move home for a little bit, move in with a friend, get a roommate and determine course of action. So I would kind of like exit strategy first for your, for your job then start networking for the next job, potential school for it, or just hop into it. The thing that people make a mistake with is they think, Oh, I'm brand new at this. So the 10 years of experience that I have behind me doesn't matter. That's not true you're very valuable for the corporate and the executive experience you have behind you. Or even if it's not like, even if you were just like a bartender, there's experience that you have um, dealing with people for that amount of time. Mm -hmm. I feel like for you and for me, like we are entrepreneurs, I guess, and, and we work for ourselves, but for people who are thinking about taking the leap to from corporate or from like always having a boss to working for themselves? Like how do they know if they have what it quote unquote takes? Yeah. I mean, they know, they already know inside. So they're, it's about them to look inside and be extremely self-aware, you know, like this is about self-awareness. This is about, you know, knowing where your strengths lie, knowing where you're missing certain things. If you have that entrepreneurial spirit, and just like being hyper aware of yourself. Um, you kind of described in your 30s, that's when people are kind of going through that self-awareness mm-hmm. where they're looking and, and kind of seeing that. But again, you have it within you. It's about whether or not you decide to trust your intuition and like look within instead of look at the exterior. Um, so that's like, you talk about energies a lot, so like mm-hmm. that. Do you listen to your own self? Right, but not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. Would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I have plenty of clients that are like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to um, work for someone. I don't want to do that piece of work. And that's totally fine. Everyone mm-hmm. can just find what they want to do. Right. And 
And if you want someone to manage you or you want a team, that makes sense too. Yeah. Somebody said our generation stresses about having dream jobs by 25 slash right away. What is your advice? Oh my God, that's not true. Don't listen to that ever. Um, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, that's I, did never... not, I did not have a dream job by 25. <laughs> God, no. Oh my God. No way. You're still, you're just getting started. So that's like, I, I really don't like when people have the shoulds. Like you should do this or it should be this way. Um, so my advice on that is don't listen to that. That's not true. Kind of try to find your path, find, and like find things from both standpoints, like notice your values from a personal standpoint, but then also for work and don't be like hyper-focused on one or the other. See if you can meld them together. Um, but when you're having a, an adverse reaction, like, like some people who are like, I hate my job, or you have the Sunday scaries, like really bad like pay attention to that and and let that go to move in a different direction. The other thing is um, focus on what you're good at. Just like do what you're good at if, as much as you can. Somebody asked how to not feel pressured to know what you want to do when you're 24. Like what you want to do for life. And these are some good questions, guys. <laughs> I know, they really are. Uh, I, I want to be like, since I'm 36, I want to be like, don't, just don't. But at 24, I felt the same way too. So I totally get that. I get, you know, it starts with self-compassion. It's about giving yourself the space and time to make mistakes and know that you're not perfect. And no one's supposed to know what they're doing at that age. Like you, you got to give yourself time and also don't compare yourself to everyone else. Like delete the app that makes you upset, unfollow the person that, that makes you feel inadequate. Like don't do that. Follow the people that make you feel really good and like lift you up. Mm-hmm. Don't self-sabotage by making yourself feel bad and getting in that spiral. Right. This is actually a question coming from me. I remember hearing um, the best way to get a job is to have a job. Like, for example, if you, you know, because I just saw a question that was like, I'm 24 and, and I don't like my job, but I feel stuck. How do I move forward? It's like, you already have a leg up having a job. And I feel like that's the best time to look for a job is when you're already like taken. It's kind of like, you know, for serial monogamous, the best time to look for the next uh, boyfriend or girlfriend is when you're in your relationship. Not, not saying that anyone should do that, but it's like, I forgot what the comparison is, but it's like, you can't, you don't go shoe shopping barefoot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's true. That would be ideal to look for a job and be Paid, be being paid to interview and mm-hmm. using your potentially also using your resources at your current company to research and network from as well. That would be good, but you, it's not like you can't you can't find a job while you're while you're going for another job. A lot of it has to do with confidence, because the same thing about being a serial monogamous, you feel confident because you at least have someone, right? Even if it's not good, so. You still can, but you should keep that job until you can find another. And if you can't, make sure that you have enough money to kind of hold you over, or you can sign up for like any of those gig apps to kind of get side work while you're looking. Mm. Okay, let's do a few more here. Um, This is a big one. Unemployed because of COVID, how to get out of the limbo and get back to looking for new opportunities. Yeah, that's a good one. Network all you can. I know that it's like, I know that you're probably sick of hearing that, but like get on Zooms and ask people for like a Zoom coffee date, quote unquote. A lot of people are open to doing that. 
and just ask people how they're doing. And if you can get on their calendar for 20 minutes, 20 or 30 minutes, either do it on email, LinkedIn or whatever, and just get out there to let them know. Everyone is really compassionate in terms of like what's happening with COVID and in the world. So they want to help other people and it makes them feel good when they help others. So take advantage of that. Let someone help you. But I would just get out there and network as much as possible um, virtually if you don't feel comfortable uh, one-on-one. Get your mojo back. Like kind of go from there to get yourself back. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think also people who are who typically accept meetings like coffee dates with you know people who are looking for jobs and looking for advice are more likely to accept them now because it's all virtual virtual as opposed to them having to like rush across town to get coffee with someone they barely know like they just have to like hit a button on a computer so i feel like you should take advantage of that for sure yeah and it's a nice break in their day they're sick of like talking to their boss all day and yeah. On top of that, there are people that love doing that. There are people that like they, it actually fulfills them. So take advantage of the fact that you can help them to be happy. 100%. It's like them doing service for you. So in turn, they're going to feel better. And also like, if they're smart, they know that maybe one day this person they give advice to is going to be their boss or is going to be some big hotshot that they're going to be grateful that they took the time to talk to. A big one that has come up is how to ask for a promotion, like literally what the lingo is or like the right things to say and like what not to say. All right, good. Um, That's a great question. So the lingo is try to speak in corporate speak as much as you can. So look up what the actual going rate is for the role that you're in and how many years and use that, like utilize that actual and say market value, the market value for this is X, Y, Z. So you're speaking their language. What not to say is, I know that she gets X, Y, Z more than me. You don't want to call that out. It can be alluded to, but you can't say it. So I would use market value. This is what I would make if I were to go to another company. I've looked at this right here. And then use as much data as you can, um, especially numbers. So I grew this amount amount of business and I did this from year to year and I was able to grow this. Um, So back yourself up with data and then use market value. And when you're using, when you're speaking to HR or you're speaking about that kind of corporate speak, you want to use that uh, verbiage as much as possible. Yeah, love that. All right, two more questions. This one is how do I make myself stand out for a job when I know I'm qualified in this climate? Yeah, I think be, a, be as authentic as possible. So your outreach, be honest, be like why you want it, why you, you just said that you know why you stand out. So say it, say that. If you're really you, people can see through that. And if you're not being you, they can see through that too. So just be really, really authentic. And I think my favorite thing to say to everyone is to be vulnerable. Like you're going to get so much more and you'll attract so much more with that too. Love it. Um, last question. And then I have a fun activity for us to do. Um, <laughs> somebody said, if you love what you do, but you want a side hustle, I think it's keyword want, not need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a sign to switch careers? No, it just means that you're, you're human and you want to have something on the side. You want fulfillment. That's totally cool. And that's great. And I 100% recommend side hustles. It helps you 
um, in so many ways. And a lot of companies even now like that. They like to know that you have a passion project on the side. Yeah, I, I encourage that, the side hustle. That's really cool. I feel like chess is so hot right now. So maybe they can take up chess. Um, okay. I have a really fun activity for us. So we usually at the end of the episode, we'll do like a rapid fire poll question. But I feel like with the nature of this episode, instead, we should do an interview, like a mock interview, right? So you are the interviewee and I'm the interviewer. And I'm going to ask you questions and I guess you'd answer as if you are one of your clients telling them like, you know, with the knowledge of what you told them to answer type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So hi, Deanna. Um, What brings you in today? How come you're interested in this job? Hi, Lindsay. I'm just really passionate about this particular position and I have been for a while and I really am inspired by your company's mission and actually uh, the things that you've done to get yourself here. It's really good. Um, I have to ask what makes your experience unique to this position? That's a really good question. Well, I have 13 years experience. Uh, I lived on three different continents and I really am just looking to um, be the type of person that you would need to fill this role from um, an international standpoint. I know that it was important for you to have multiple languages and perspectives. And I can really bring that from having lived in different places and being surrounded by different cultures. I know that you said that that was really important for this. And that's basically one of my values for my life purpose as well. Great. I love the ad-libbing, by the way. This is a side note. I love that we're just like, we didn't even say what the company was, but like you are making it work. This is Improv 101. So my next question for you is, you know, we have tons of applicants and a lot of them are from prestigious, you know, coming right out of business school. I know you didn't go to... Uh, get your master's. Why should we choose you over somebody who did? That's an excellent question as well. I'm hungrier than people that were able to pay for business school and not kind of work full time with a second job as well, my side business. So I was able to really get the on the job training for an MBA by opening up two businesses and and working a full time job for a company. So the on the job training as well as my entrepreneurial training has been able to propel me forward. Um, and I would argue that that makes me kind of hungrier and more ambitious than someone that was able to just kind of go through school and move forward from there. That's great. And where do you see yourself in five years time career-wise? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd like for um, me to be bringing in at least four streams of income at that point. I want to be working here for you, um, traveling across multiple continents, being a coach to different corporations and running my retreat business, as well as doing multiple speaking uh, engagements for our motivational speaking and helping others. So I want to ensure that my business has grown um, at least by 200%. And I want to be working with you in a capacity that is fulfilling for the both of us. Awesome. And 
What's the reason I totally forgot to ask that you're leaving your current job? Is it, were they not nice to you? Did they not challenge you enough? I decided that I was there for enough time to learn what I needed from there, but I wanted to challenge myself to grow in a different direction and really learn something new. Um, I'm actually really happy there and would go back at points in my life, but I'm ready to move in a different direction and try something new. Got you. And last, but probably the most important question that we have here on our, you know, interview list, what are your weaknesses? Oh God, this one's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that one of the problems that I have is being a perfectionist. So often it'll take me a little bit longer to do things because I feel like I have to get it perfect. So being able to let that go and accept things for the way that they are in order to get them done um, has helped me to really move forward in a way that is effective. That's great. I love that. It's so funny. So now breaking character, um, I, I, that was my go-to. People would be like, what's your weakness? And I'd be like that. I'm so good at my job that it's like intimidating to people. <laughs> Clients ask me that one too. And I'm just like, I'm always like, yeah, just say that you, you know, you, you want to be, you are a little bit putting on a show. You are acting in a way, right. And yeah. you're kind of dancing in the moment with your interviewee or the person that's interviewing you. And so you want to give them the answer they want, but you also also want to be human about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of like why I give you the, like some of those answers talking about my values and talking about this because people want to know that they're actually talking to someone with a heartbeat and not just like that's trying to come across a certain way on paper. Exactly. You can't be too robotic. Deanna, this has been an amazing conversation that I think so many people will benefit from. I wish that I was just graduating college so I could listen to this episode and get the job of my, I don't know, of my dreams, but the job that I want at that moment. Is there a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with that has helped you throughout the years? Yeah, I definitely would tell them that there's there's two things. The first one is my favorite quote. Um, it's by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So that's about like giving your power away. And that's what this is kind of all about. So that's my favorite quote. And then the second piece is what I said earlier is that everyone thinks that everyone else has it together and they don't. So don't forget that and just go for it, even though you feel like you don't have it together because you're never going to really feel like you have it together. Yeah, that's a fact. Where can everyone find you, follow you and sign up for your coaching? Yeah, so you can find me at um, DFIG Connects on Instagram. You can find me at www.dfigconnects.com and you can sign up there for my coaching or any of my workshops. I'm giving a meditation workshop this coming week and I'll have an imposter syndrome workshop coming up. So I would love to have you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay.